We all know about the BC housing audit. It was tabled in the legislature on Monday. Um, And since then, the Premier, of course, has asked and suggested and hinted, whatever you want to call this, including the housing minister as well, that the CEO of the Tira Women's Resource Society, Janice Abbott, should step down. Now, when the report was tabled, Premier David E.B. said that Shane Ramsey, who was the then CEO of BC Housing, was actively breaking the conflict of interest agreement when it comes to decisions involving Atira Housing. Now, as I said, the society was led by his wife, Janice Abbott. Mr. Ramsey, uh, as CEO of BC Housing uh, for 22 years, um, and according to the Premier, Mr. Ramsey sent text messages telling staff to direct grants to Atira, which was a violation of conflict of interest rules, And since 2018, Atira has received $120 million in funding. Now, there have been numerous people who said that uh, Ms. Abbott should step down. Um, But so far, uh, the organization that she is with, the board, has said that um, nothing was wrong. They did nothing wrong. And that uh, Ms. Abbott will, at this point, it appears, stay on the job. But there's been a significant amount of conversation around what does this mean for the broader nonprofit housing sector and nonprofits broadly. Joining me now is Sue Brown, Director of Advocacy and Staff and a Staff Lawyer at Justice for Girls. Uh, Sue, thank you for joining us today. Thanks for having me, Jeff. So before we get into the broader issue of BC Housing, I just want to talk a little bit about Justice for Girls. What does your organization do? And explain a little bit about um, the kind of help that you provide. Yes, uh, so we are a nonprofit human rights organization. Uh, we're based in Vancouver, but we work throughout the province. Our mandate is to advocate for the rights and equality of teenage girls who live in poverty, and we've been doing that work for just over 23 years throughout the province. Uh, much of our work takes us to working with some of the most marginalized and abused uh, teenage girls in, in our communities in British Columbia. Um, and we work both in Vancouver, but we work a lot as well in some of the more remote and northern communities. Does that mean you also help them find housing if needed? Uh, yes, at times we do. We advocate uh, on all fronts uh, for their human rights to be respected. And in many of the advocacy cases that we work on, housing insecurity or unsafe housing is one of the biggest issues and one of the highest vulnerability factors that uh, result in girls Uh, living homeless or uh, needing a new place to live. Um, Violence and safety and abuse at home tends to be one of the greatest risks. Um, But often by the time girls end up at our door, um, almost all of the institutions and systems have failed them. Mm -hmm. Um, Does Atira work with young girls? Do they provide housing for, 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 for these teenage girls? They do. They have one housing project that was started in 2011. It's called the Emotu House. It's located in the downtown east side on Jackson Street. Uh, When they initially proposed Emotu House in 2011, we, along with a number of other community organizations, raised serious concerns about their proposal to house the girls that we work with, um, some of the most vulnerable in one of the most dangerous communities for teenage girls. Um, It's uh, the uh, disturbing irony of the fact that uh, 120 Jackson Street was historically a brothel, was not lost on any of us. Mm -hmm. Um, And it was at a time in the community when gender-based violence and violence against girls in particular was at an all-time high. Um, And the girls who who wind up at Imodu uh, are are of the most vulnerable. 
so yes, they do house uh, girls. And also, uh, we know of, um, even though they have adult-only facilities, we know of, of teenage girls who have been abused in those houses as well. What was the response to the concerns that you and your organization raised? Well, I would say given what we've learned most recently, I'd say it's almost true to form for Atira's uh, business practices. Uh, In response to the concerns that we raised, Janice Abbott met with uh, approximately 30 to 35 groups in 2011 after uh, proposing Emotu and came to the table under the guise of, of wanting to discuss the concerns of the community. And after listening to members at the meeting for two hours, she stood up and announced that Emotu had been open for a month and that children were already living there. So where do you think, I mean, if you're meeting folks uh, to explain where you're coming from, perhaps to consult or the appearance of consultation. I mean, why would anybody go and talk to an entire group of folks and then say, we've already been open for a month? Did you sense a, uh, was there a sense of uh, arrogance or dismissiveness or that we just know better? I mean, I'm trying to get a sense of the mood there and and the, and the mindset uh, when, when you're sitting there talking to these organizations. Well, I mean, I think it's entirely possible that it could have been all of the above. I can't you know, speculate on that. But mm-hmm. I think the community felt that the efforts to consult the, consult them and hear their concerns was entirely disingenuous on Atira's part. Um, and it, the entire chapter was sort of shrouded within a bit of um, secrecy or maybe a lack of transparency. Um, I mean, motions were passed through City Hall fairly quickly and without much discussion. Um, and, and it all seemed to be sort of moving so fast, similar to what we learned from the audit report about, you know, how how Atira was uh, approving projects and purchasing property with restricted funds without BC Housing's permission. It, it seemed to be similar, acting acting first and then um, asking for permission later mm-hmm. or apologizing later. Um, but, I mean, when we're talking about the young women that we're talking about, we're talking about, you know, the need for a standard of housing that complies with human rights, a standard of housing that is going to promote their dignity um, and provide them with safety. We're talking about lives, um, and you know that that um, seems to be lost in that entire conversation. So, and, so you weren't surprised at all by the findings from this um, BC Housing audit. We were very disappointed, but we were not surprised. Where do we by, go from? Sorry, go ahead. Uh, I was going to say we were disappointed but not surprised by what we learned. I think many advocates who have been concerned about the standards of housing in Atira's facilities and in the downtown east side generally, um, and many of us who have been concerned about their practices for so long are finding this to be somewhat validating of the concerns that have been raised. Why do you think it's taken this long uh, for this information to come out to get uh, to shine a spotlight on um, the housing sector, but the nonprofit sector, and ultimately to hopefully make things better for those who need help, but particularly those that your organization is trying to help. Well, at the end of the day, I mean, this isn't the first time that we've seen issues like this in the downtown east side, um, particularly around the housing providers in the past. Mm-hmm. And um, I think we really need to look at this sort of ongoing practice and um, 
uh, acceptance of empire building on the part of these housing service providers, uh, whereby they're able to obtain a monopoly on on the housing and housing funds that are issued, um, and seemingly with with very little accountability or transparency. But I think the real question here is about the standard of housing and the support that we offer women and girls who are trying to escape violence and poverty. We don't need empire building by housing providers. We need quality housing and support that promotes and protects their dignity, safety, and human rights. So is is this a question of getting away from the SRO model? What type of housing would you like to see a greater emphasis on compared to what we're doing presently or in the past? Well, I think one of the biggest issues is the fact that this housing is in the downtown east side to begin with. I think we need to be moving to models that are decentralized out of the downtown east side. It's a dangerous community, unfortunately, and it's not the people there that make it dangerous necessarily, but it's the, it's the culture um, and and um, the, the culture that we've allowed to continue, and it's, it's partly contributed to by the SRO model. And when people are living in um, undignifying conditions, um, it's, it's no wonder that we're seeing uh, what we're seeing down there. So first and foremost, I would say we need to move the housing out of the downtown east side. And secondly, we need to be committed to a model of housing that puts human rights first and puts dignity first. And to my mind, there's absolutely no reason that the amount of money that's been flowing into those housing providers shouldn't have produced something much better than, than we have. So who's to blame here? Is it is it BC Housing or is it ultimately the provincial government that has sort of taken its eye off the ball? And I don't want to pick on any particular government or party, but I mean, these problems are back from 2010, so it so it spans BC Liberal and NDP. I mean, mm-hmm. where, where, does, where does the buck stop? Who do you blame? Uh, I mean, that's a difficult question. At the end of the day, I think, you know, uh, the, the provincial government uh, and the federal government are ultimately responsible for ensuring um, adequate and safe housing for all. It's, it's our government institutions that have those human rights obligations, but the housing providers, too. Um, and BC Housing, absolutely. Um, I think everybody has to take a, a good, hard look at, at the role of all of these institutions and all of these bodies to to um, to look into to what went wrong here, but but I think it's endemic, unfortunately, um, as we've seen with other service providers in the past down there, and and I think we need to to look to a new model. Sue, thank you so much for your time today. Really appreciate it. Thank you. Take care.